Hello and welcome to the Draft Talk podcast, the podcast for all your NFL draft needs. We are brought to you by 99 Yards. And of course, we are always bringing you news, interviews, scout reports, top five, mock draft, pretty much everything you will need for the NFL draft. I'm your host, Sir Brian. But sadly, a man down as Stewie's away to celebrate his birthday. Happy birthday to you, Stu. But fear not, we are two of the very best, as always. MJ and Owen, how are you doing? Yeah, all uh, all really good. There's some really exciting topics to get into. Uh, recovered after a very long weekend of uh, watching big people run fast. Not sure what else I saw apart from that. Uh, there's only so much 40-yard dashes you can you can watch without them all looking the same, right? Uh, but yeah, really, really entertaining and, and also some really good topics and, and discussion points to come from it. Yeah, all, all good, Brian. And, and of course, we had football on a stick. Didn't we? we had lots of football on a stick. Um, but yeah, great to get the combine results in. Lots to talk about. Another step along the road to the draft. Absolutely. Another step. The big step. One of the big steps as we are flying towards the draft. It's less than seven weeks away, would you believe it? Um, things are really shaking up. And yeah, that's what we're doing today. We are looking back at the combine. Who's had a, who had a good combine? Who maybe didn't have a great combine? And how, of course, it will affect the draft. So let's start off with some of the big hitters or the, the big runners, the big whatever you want to call it. Go on, guys. Who? What's the one big talking about? Who had a really good combine? There's only one place to start, and I think MG, I'll let you. I'll let you start because I, I feel like um, if I start, we might not stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. I imagine we're starting with quarterbacks, aren't we? Because it, it's hard not to. Um, and the one that we are talking about to start with is Anthony Richardson, uh, who displayed phenomenal athleticism um, all the way through his 40-yard dash, his vertical, his broad jump, um, just displayed what a unique sort of player he may well become um, and gave us a, an indication that you know, he, he may well have a, a, a really high ceiling in, in the league. Of course, it, you know, and yes, he had to throw a few passes. And I, I don't think, um, I didn't think he, he hurt his chances any uh, in, in that respect. Um, but it was the athleticism that we were all kind of focused on. Um, and the, the, the knock-on effect is that already the scramble around what could happen in the top 10 picks and who could, you know, who could want to trade up, the whispers about who's interested. Um, and the bottom line is, we probably now will get four quarterbacks definitely going in the top 10. I, I think that's probably where we're at now. Yeah, I think it was like that anyway. And there's a part of me that start with thinks that what we saw from Anthony Richardson is everything that we expected to see from Anthony Richardson to start with. None of this should be surprising to anyone who knows or has listened uh, or watched any of our previous shows because we've been ranting and raving about how good Richardson is and how uh, maybe he hasn't been given enough credit. Um, MJ was, I think, the first person to, to mock him in the top four. So, you know, hats off to you there, MJ. You were too low on him, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, there we are. Um, oh, dear. But, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was that the, what we saw from Richardson is exactly what we thought, that if you're moving him up because of this, then 
you're kind of doing it wrong because we already knew all this beforehand. So you, you won't, I wouldn't be moving up boards. Okay, we can maybe shift him around in mock drafts, but uh, I don't think he shocked anyone. I don't think any NFL team will be surprised by what they saw. I can't see an NFL team all of a sudden going, Anthony Richardson, what, he ran a 4.44 yard dash. Uh, that's it. We're going to draft him at number one. That, 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 it hasn't changed anything for NFL teams. And I'll, I will tell you that because we already knew how good he was. Six foot four, 244 pounds, what, 40.5 vert, 10.09 broad, and then the 4.44 40 yard dash and had a really good field workout as well. Um, really what, what came away from me with, with Anthony Richardson more than the athletic testing because I think we all knew how how great it was going to and historic uh, it was going to be. Um, but we came away from it thinking that the questions he had was um, was really about his throwing and about his accuracy. Now we can't really answer any questions about accuracy while you're there, but you can show some th- some things about your your technique and your mechanics and and your ability to throw, especially when you're back to back with other. Um, other quarterbacks and you can compare it so he was going then CJ Stroud was straight after him so it was very easy to compare the two of them which I I, I, I really liked I thought that was a and it was very good that uh, that their surnames correlated that way but it was really helpful from a draft point of view to see them back to back like that um, and I think with Anthony Richardson it's it's just about him now um, having time to improve and having patience with him I say I don't think much has changed here that um, it's all in mechanics. It's all in uh, just him getting more reps, really. It's just, it's just Trey Lance all over again. Now, Richardson's got more polish, but, um, you know, and Lance had some stuff that he need, you know, needed to work through and really hasn't been given the opportunity to, whether that's because of injury or, or, or whatever. Um, but if I think if you give him time, then there's clearly something here. You're going to have to have a lot of patience. He needs to kind of learn on the job. You're going to have to allow him to make mistakes for him to flourish because he hasn't been able to to work out those mistakes in college, only starting 10 games. But kind of if you can get his upper and his lower body working together, improve his rhythm, his consistency then will, will come from that, I believe. Um, I think a lot of his inaccuracies don't necessarily come from decision-making. They come from him throwing a little bit late because he's kind of off with the mechanics. And I think, you know, having that rhythm and his upper and lower body and his hips all working together will improve some of that. So if you're a coach who, who can, feels that they can do that, you can give Richardson time to play, work out the mistakes. You know, nothing, nothing comes easy. Alan, we look at what we look at Alan, what two years and then it happened. And then he even took a bit of a knock on things like, um, like his passing accuracy this last year. So you're going to have to allow that to happen. You can only improve someone's passing accuracy so much, but what you saw from Richardson, and I think what epitomizes it, it all is what you saw from the athleticism is a higher floor than a lot of people have been giving him credit for, because like Justin Fields, you can give him chance to, you know, those legs can bail him out. So he does have a higher floor than we're, that we're, we are definitely making, uh, giving him credit for. You are looking at a boom or prospect. He's either going to be a stud, a top five quarterback, or he's going to get you fired. But the way that most people in the media, I would say, obviously, if you're a GM, it's slightly different. Um, it's the way I rank quarterbacks. That if, if I'm going to win a Super Bowl, I need a guy who can be in the top five of quarterbacks. Richardson certainly has the makeup of that. Um, you know, I would always be drafting an Anthony Richardson over a Mac Jones, let's say, because, uh, you know, I would. Yes, if you're, if you're a GM that's looking to keep their job, you go and get that guy. But for me, as someone who doesn't have to uh, draft for a team, 
Uh, I'm taking a swing for the fences every single time. And that person in this draft, quite clearly now to everyone, is obviously Anthony Richardson. Do you, do you think oh, and that encapsulates a, a real dilemma for, for some of those teams going up to get a quarterback in that you mentioned CJ Stroud, and if we just talk about talk about yeah, him for a second, absolutely. He, he put on a throwing clinic and, and he accentuated all of his positives and could in some ways be seen as a surer, if you wanted somebody to start this next season, he's, he's probably the sure bet. 100%. Yeah. Um, which means that teams will have to, you know, will have that dilemma um, of, okay, am I looking for somebody to start this year or am I looking for somebody where actually, as you said, the ceiling is probably higher than it is with, with CJ Stroud, although CJ Stroud will, will do a good, you know, will, will no doubt have a, a great NFL career, yeah. but Anthony Richardson may well end up being better. And um are perhaps the three happiest teams watching this likely to be Chicago, Arizona and Seattle? Because all of a sudden, you know, they're sat there thinking, right, well, teams are going to be come, trying to come up into that top five. Um, because I know I said top 10, but, you know, what are we going to get three or four straight off the board here? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Touch on Stroud quickly there. He just looks so polished. He, he was the best yeah. thrower out there. It was, it was, it was no contest. He's just, he's so polished. He can clearly make every throw. He is, I think, the most NFL ready. And to going in right now, and he checks all of the boxes. Um, you know, we have one who is maybe as ready as him in Bryce Young, which we didn't see test. But there's one box that still is a little bit unchecked, even though we somehow saw learned that he'd eaten a lot, but didn't really earn a lot else from that because he came in heavier than we all thought and came in heavier than he'll ever play at. So what was the point of all that? I don't really know, considering his pro days just right the, just around the corner. You could be watching this when he's, he's a couple of days away, his pro days, who's somehow going to have to lose all that to throw again. But there we are. Um, Stroud, I, I think it, the, it was the last kind of box that needed ticked for him, the combine, because the questions were about his athleticism. All right, he didn't do like the 40 and stuff like that. Quarterbacks very rarely do. Is it really necessary? Probably not, unless you know you're gonna just put on the display that Anthony Richardson did. But but athleticism was the box that needed ticked needed ticked, but he did that um in the in the um college football playoff against Georgia, where he was running around the park, throwing balls everywhere. His accuracy is absolutely on point and I, I you know he's potentially the best in this class. So uh, I, I would not be when nowhere near the point of saying that, that Stroud is behind these guys because he, they're all in kind of one clump in tier and they're quite difficult to to rank. And I think that's basically, as you were saying there before, MJ, that's how you will rank them is, is, is kind of on your job security, right? Because when we saw um, Andy Reid and the Chiefs go and draft Patrick Mahomes, it's having that time to be able to to go out and do it, you know, with Josh Allen, all right, it didn't quite pan out that way, but you you need time. And if you're a franchise that knows you have time, if you're a GM that you, that knows you have time, you can be patient, then Anthony Richardson probably is the guy to take. But if you're the Texans and Nick Casario is jobs on the line, you can't wait for Anthony Richardson to be ready in a year or two's time. You need to start performing now. So it is a very difficult decision to make you know I, I, it's very easy for me to sit here and be like if I'm going to take a quarterback I want one that can challenge Mahomes that can challenge Josh Allen that can challenge Joe Burrow but if you're a GM under pressure then 
the safe prospect is the one that you're going to take to save to save your job. You're not swinging for the fences. You'll take playoff caliber because that's so much better than you've been for God knows how long. Um, so it is something that they're going to have to work out. But I don't think there's any denying right now that that Stroud is is extremely polished and, and more polished and and has high floor, high upside. Um, but I just think it's quite clear that what Anthony Richardson could be is great. You just you just need to be able to work it out. Just um, just perhaps rounding out on on uh, on Bryce Young, it, it did make me smile because I just thought, yeah, it just proves eating a lot that it, it does not going to get you any height. Um, but it and and weight wise, it was it was. It was almost as like, have you ever been there when somebody's like stepped on some scales and just sneakily put your foot on the back of it? I could just see his agent just putting his foot on the back of it, just 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 eking it up a little bit, but they went a bit too far because yeah, it, I, I if it coming in the one nineties, I, I I you know maybe, but as soon as it tipped two hundred and it it was um wasn't it spot on exactly the same that Kyler Murray came in at when no, he, he was three was, pounds lighter. Right. Okay. I, I just thought that but, was that seemed to be the target that he wanted to come out with roughly the same as Kyler Murray had come out. Yeah. Yeah. So Kyler Murray was two oh seven. He was two oh four. But still, I mean, come on. You know, if anyone might instantly thought of me, I would, I would love to see to see and watch the measurements and see like what they're what they're wearing and stuff like that because it reminds me of because you know in boxing when they go to the weigh in. And then, like, there's just rumours that they've just got, like, weights in their pockets just trying to, like, beef them up. Like, it just reminds just instantly thought, he needs to empty his pockets to try and get some of those weights out of, out of his pockets. Um, but, I mean, it, again, it, does, it, does, it really, does it really matter? Because he's not going to put... Everyone knows that he's not that weight. He's not... Yeah. It's, it, for yeah. me, it isn't going to stop the discussion. Because no. even at 204, he's light. So it doesn't... It really doesn't make any difference to him. It was it was clear, wasn't it? It was yeah. clear as soon as as soon as it happened. You know, Twitter went mad and everybody just went, just don't don't believe it. Yeah. Don't, you the, know, the, he's the not going to play that. So so close that I think there's going to be even closer look now at the pro day to see. I suppose what the weight is at the pro day. Does it change that much? Uh, and then if it doesn't, can he? How can he throw? And how does it? Because it, it's totally different. You know, he's, you're talking what? 15 almost 20 pounds heavier than we think he was playing well well it is 20 pounds heavier than the rumored weight that he was playing at Alabama um so how, how that changes his whole motion and ever so it'd be really interesting to see how he performs if he is still that weight uh, rounding out the the quarterback discussion there's just one guy I really wanted to touch on uh, which was Dorian Thompson Robinson who's going to be a, a really a, a later round guy but he was kind of third in the rotation that it was Anthony Richardson then Stroud than Dorian Thompson Robinson, and I think he looked he looked really good. I think it really helped him that he was going after those guys because you can kind of watch them and went, actually, this this guy doesn't look so bad throwing with with these guys. He clearly held his own. So you're looking at one of those later round guys, maybe one of those like we're all going to look for the who's next Brock Purdy. Is he going to be one of the later round guys who's potentially able to start? Uh, maybe, but he he looked a lot better than I thought. And just touching on Will Levis because he was in the first group of quarterbacks that that went. Really unfortunate for him that his surname begins with an L and not an R. Because if his name was Will Revis, we might have thought a little bit more about him. Because if he was throwing with these guys, he his arm might have looked as good. But unfortunately, because he was throwing with nobody's in the first group, we we really don't care. I I didn't see anything different from him. Again, he was one of those where I 
I didn't see anything different and I didn't see yeah. anything that that put my mind uh, at ease about anything yes he can throw it I mean what was he clocked out throwing it like 59 60 mile yeah, an hour or something it was like it you know yes so he can do that but he was behind on some throws there were one or two there was one in particular when they were throwing a bit further down the field that was just it was it was nowhere near whether it was on the receiver or on him it was just nowhere near um but he was consistently behind on on some throws and he just struck me as being a little bit like a golfer who can boom it 300 yards yeah. down the fairway but he'll, he'll miss an eight foot putt um so i don't think there's any any real uh positives about his accuracy from the combine yeah 100 and it's it just throws with one speed constantly. There's no touch on it. And I think now there yeah. shouldn't really be any debate between him and Richardson because you're taking a guy in Richardson. You've got a guy who is 20, doesn't turn 21 until May. So you're talking a guy that's what, three or four years younger than Levis can throw with touch. So, you know, he can mix up his, his throws um, and it's not necessarily decision-making. It's just the mechanics, which, you would like to think that are fixable. So for me, they're out. it's not even a debate between these two. It was always the, you know, the consensus was Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Levis, Richardson. I think you can flip that now. Richardson is quite clearly ahead of ahead of Levis. I didn't see anything that would that would make me think otherwise. And I think now you can probably put Richardson in the discussion with the three, but not because of the athleticism, because you saw him rowing next to the guy who's potentially the best thrower in the class in CJ Stroud. And they looked quite similar. And oh, yes, CJ Stroud was a touch better than him, but there was there was something there that you thought this isn't far away. Mm-hmm. Only, the, thing... only the eighteen minutes on quarterback, <laughs> <laughs> and there's only four to talk about, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that might happen. Um, well, one thing I think Anthony Richards had done is the. For those who don't follow the draft quite as yeah. close as those, he, he, he put his name out there, like, you know, all sorts of records, and he just absolutely dominated, didn't he? And, and not that it changes anything that the teams will do, but in terms of the, you know, the people getting into the draft now, he, he's the first person you've got to look at. So, uh, well done him. And, yeah, for somebody who you think, yep, you're, going, you're better on traits than athleticism, he's really athletic, and he didn't yeah. half show it on the biggest stage. Um, so yeah, we've done um, what, about 18 minutes on quarterbacks. Uh, same again on uh, running backs, shall we? No, just kidding. But yeah, anyone else non-quarterbacks who had a uh, had a good combine or the few? Yeah, the the defensive line were the first group to go, and um, I, will, I think we should touch on on a couple of those because it was they set the tone for the rest of the combine and potentially the the better group out there. The guy I think was the winner of the whole combine is Ade Adebowale from Northwestern, who was an absolute alien, an absolute historic testing session from him. 6'2", 282 pounds, 37 and a half inch vert, 10.5 board, 27 on the bench, but ran, ran a 4.49 40-yard dash. Just to put that into, into perspective, that was 0. 0.6, 0. 0.06 seconds slower than Jalen Hyatt, who apparently has track star speed at about 80 or so pounds heavier. So it was absolutely insane, alien-like numbers. And 
his stock is the one that has grown the most from this combine, I would say. You've gone from a guy who was round two to now you're going to see him in round one box. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Whether he goes there, I don't know, but you are going to see him being placed there because of this athletic testing. He's one of those players who, is he an edge? Is he a defensive tackle? He's a bit of a tweener. No one really knows. He probably is a defensive tackle at the next level. Um, but his tape just doesn't quite match up to what he's going to be at the NFL. So you've got a question mark there, but there's absolutely no doubt that teams bet on this type of athleticism at that position. So absolutely unbelievable from him. Did you have anything you wanted to touch on him there, MJ? Because there's obviously loads more to talk about in the edge group. Just, just to echo it, I mean, yeah, he, he was absolutely phenomenal. And in you saying that, can you imagine um, Adebayo hitting Jalen higher? you know, at that kind of speed in a match scenario. I mean, that's just, or catching him, <laughs> you know, catching him over, over some like 50 yards out or something. Um, yeah, it, it was phenomenal. I was just looking him up on, on, on here and uh, obviously next gen, next gen stats put, give, you know, give athleticism scores. Um, and he comes out at like 97, um, which is, is just phenomenal. Um and that is, as you say, that's absolutely going to, he'll fly up some boards. I think the edge class is, as we know, you know, we, we've, we've got a fairly stacked edge class where you're looking at the end of that day one, early day two, and something like this might tip him um, into day one. Obviously, the, the other one who, who had a really great from the edge class was Nolan Smith. He, he had a, yeah. you know, he, he had a really, really good um, uh, combine. Um, and there was the footage of him. He thought he'd run in the four fours, didn't he? And before we got the unofficial time of four three nine, he was throwing his phone down. Um, and there was also lots of good chat about Nolan Smith coming out about how he's a leader. Um, and Georgia, he you know he he was seen as a leadership figure, and I think that will go well for him because obviously he's a little bit um, uh, lighter on of the, out of the edge class. Yeah. Um, came in at two three eight. Um, so. You know, you need you need to be able to show that if you're coming in lighter, you can use that use that athleticism. Um, but I, I thought the edge class was the the most fun to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't when we get onto it, running backs and wide receivers, I, I don't think we saw an awful lot that we didn't already know. Um, there were some good performances, but I don't think anybody really attacked it as much as the um, defensive line class. I I thought they had. Um, that they were really going for it on that on that opening night. Yeah, I think this this edge class or this defensive line class is is really really good. I mean, a lot of has been said about the corner class and how this is a draft that's full of corners. Um, it's it's full of defensive linemen as well, and that that shouldn't go underrated. You're going to see a lot of uh, edge rushers and defensive linemen go off the board in the top 50 picks. Yeah, Nolan Smith. Um, the only thing I would add there, we again historic testing numbers. Um, he plays a lot heavier, a lot stronger, I would say, than his weight would suggest. But just he's going to be labelled a lighter prospect, but but he plays a, a lot stronger and with a lot more power than than that um, that weight would 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 kind of lead you to believe. So I would kind of not necessarily ignore the the weight, but but watch the tape and and you you see it. He's yeah. explosive, but but he also has power. I just wanted to um to add because I just got the, the the number up here to uh, Adebayore, who was six two, two hundred and eighty two pounds, ran four point four nine in the forty. Jalen Hyatt weighed in at one seven six. So we're talking 
what, 100 and, uh, yeah, this is, maths is not my strong point, but what, we're talking 100 and... Just over 100. <laughs> pounds, and we it's 0.06 seconds difference for, um, for just over 110 nothing, pounds. It? It's insane. Yeah. Crazy. That's fast. Um, it, when you, like you say, you just, and the, it's crazy because, you know, watch the camera. Yeah, but you, you, see, you see guys, these big guys running that fast, and it's just, yeah. Um, you don't want to be a quarterback taking that hit, do you? Um, but, yeah, defensive line, great class. Um, it's called defensive backs. There's a few, uh, Stars there as well, isn't it? Yeah, the star of the show uh, was Deontay Banks again, another historic tester. Uh, weighed in at oh, six six foot exactly, one hundred ninety seven pounds, four point three four in the forty. Again, just unbelievable speed, forty two vert and eleven point four broad. Um, really caught me by surprise. I'll be honest. Um, I'll, I'll let MJ come in, but I just wanted to really say what, what I thought. So I wrote up his scouting report and I put on it, I would like him to play a little bit faster, uh, which when I saw then him run 4.34 in the 40, slightly caught me by surprise. <laughs> um, it's so I, I guess it's, it's obviously that the way the way it works now, you go back and watch the tape and, and, and see what you think. I have I still. It isn't because I still would like him to play faster. So it clearly isn't an issue with speed, right? So you think it's an issue with speed. You then have to reevaluate what is the issue because he clearly has the speed. So um, I think it might be more to do with reactions and kind of him anticipating a lot better. As, a, as a people and a lot of corners in this class, I think, play faster than him. And I think it's more reaction speed than than foot speed. So that's kind of what I've judged that on. Um, but he he I think now will almost certainly go in the first round. I don't because we've said it since since we recorded the first 2023 pod in the summer that with Keely Ringo that big athletic corners with good arm length always go high. Doesn't matter how raw they are. So I think I think you can almost lock Deontay Banks into the first round at this point because because those numbers just add up to that. Yeah. So just to just to come in there on young Deontay Banks, I, I would agree with you that you when you get those numbers and then you're going back, you the first thing you're looking for is it is it play recognition? Is it a bit of football IQ? Is it as you say, is it reacting to what he sees developing in front of him? Um and that suggests that well, you know he is he's still going to be raw, so there's still going to be some some coaching that to to take place there, which means he's not going to be perhaps one of the first couple, but yeah, he he's likely to come into that. I think we we've, we've talked about um, on a couple of the pods we've talked about some cornerbacks going in the twenties. Um, he comes into that conversation yeah. now. The interesting one that I wondered what you thought on this one online was um, obviously Christian Gonzalez and. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. probably came out of that combine closer to Devon Witherspoon now. Um, Devon Witherspoon had a, a decent combine, but again, in terms of what you what you mentioned there about those kind of long rangey corners, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr. I I got the sense that certainly with Gonzalez, yeah, 
I could see him going first, first cornerback off the board now. Yeah. Um, I, I would still see Witherspoon and and yeah, and the other one is Joey Porter Jr. They'll be they'll be close. I think you know in in the, from about ten to twenty something like that. That's where we're getting yeah. at the moment. But yeah, I would I would say that out of combine, perhaps Witherspoon has just come back to that top three pack a little bit. Yeah, we would have liked to. Have, it's just it's difficult, isn't it, when people don't test to then equivalent what they may possibly have done to guys who did it's so it's difficult um with Joey Porter um I think you could see um oh, oh, he was very disappointed with what he ran um he clearly is faster than that it was just the time he put on this both of them just didn't quite hit the expectations and what he'd clearly been running in practice he's clearly very disappointed by that um with Porter uh, I never had him as I think he's one of the top three guys, but I think that there's a he's not in the tier one discussion. He'd be in the tier two discussion for me. Um, he just isn't that do it all corner. You're gonna have to put him in the right scheme and get your if you put him in the right scheme, it's gonna be brilliant. And I think he's probably more of a CB two than a outright guy. But if you're gonna draft Joey Porter to be a CB two, then that's a very good cornerback room. So there's absolutely no complaints there. I'm not saying he's a bad player. Um, it's just more of that's how I see his evaluation now. Uh, with Gonzalez, um, I have Gonzalez ahead of Witherspoon, and I have always had him ahead of Witherspoon. I'm not as big on Witherspoon as some will will have. Some have him as a top five player in the whole class. Um, I don't. I think he's a very good player. I think that he is a perfect fit for the Eagles at 10. If he's there, they should absolutely snap him up. He's just got that. He's that big written all over. Um, uh, yeah, but Gonzalez, we already knew. We in the in the preview combine preview uh, show last week. I said that I think he could potentially be the best tester in the whole class. Um, he's been quite quite uh, overshadowed by some of these defensive linemen, but he had a very 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 good testing session. Um, and and yeah, I think uh, I'd be surprised if he got out of the top ten. Just one one other guy, which I think will be fascinating to see what teams or how teams view him now. But Emmanuel Forbes coming mm. in at, at at 166 pounds, um, you know, obviously his his testing numbers we he was fast, you know, he was four three five in the forty. But I think the one the one bit of data that probably got circled by every team was the 166 pounds. His production's good in college, but how much do you think that will? knock him down a bit because he is over you know he's over 6-1 he's, he's yeah yeah what what are your thoughts on that one yeah absolutely for me absolutely hugely yeah that you can't play at that weight you just you simply cannot play corner outside at that weight um since com since mock draftable who uh um, have all the all the stats since they've been collecting stats in since 1999 he is the second lightest corner they have ever had the lightest was in 1999 and he went undrafted so this is historically light numbers um now the difficulty is with him that he's got so much ball production but i just don't think you can play like that so for me um some people had him as a top 50 player i think some people still do have him as a top 50 player uh all the way out to i'm a NFL draft analyst, get me out of here. Absolutely no chance. I am. Uh, you will not catch me drafting Emmanuel Forbes in the first two days because 
you cannot convince me that 166 pounds doesn't matter because it absolutely does. Yeah, that's like um, a little bit lighter than me, but he's got like six inches on me, and it's like, yeah, how can you, you know? <laughs> but yeah, he's got yeah. the most pick sixes in SEC yeah. history. Yeah, six, six pick sixes. It's, his ball production is slightly bonkers, but I just I think you've got to look at 166, and we know that teams do do look at those things first. And I don't know, I think a lot of if they, if it was anyone else, someone look at that number and we'll go, we're not even going to watch his tape. If this was a player that we that we thought was a, a potentially back end of the first uh, back end of the draft, so like a sixth or a seventh rounder. Player is going to be drafted in the 200s. He doesn't get drafted anymore, straight up. So you have to give the same kind of analysis to Manuel Forbes because yes, of course he's going to get drafted. He's far too good for that. But it is it has to knock him down because there's so many other good players. That was a player that I wanted to talk about in the corner class was Julius Brent, who I think has gone from maybe a third rounder. You can boost him up around because of the the session. Six foot three, 198 pounds, 42 inch. Um, not 42 inch was it, it was 34 inch uh, arms which is longer than what some of the offensive tackles that are going to get drafted but 4.340 41.5 6.632 6.63 cone at 200 pounds like you can't draft Emmanuel Forbes over a guy who tests athletically as that and has the tape that he does so yeah Emmanuel Forbes all the way out Julius Brents move him up yeah, that, that, that's a good comparison. Um, and yeah, absolutely, a, t- a team's going to take Brent uh, over Forbes uh, by a long way. I was just wondering, Forbes needs to go out eating with uh, Bryce Young, doesn't he? He needs to take him around to the restaurants. <laughs> Bryce, Bryce Young knows some places where he can put, put a few pounds on. But there's some rumours out there that, that he's done this on purpose so his testing's better. I just, I just can't believe that anyone would do that. And if I was a team, I'd like to know what the decision was, because if that is a decision, then who the hell has advised you to do that? Because I'll be looking for a different agent if that is the case. I I, I, I don't think it, it can't be. So it's, it's got to be something else. But an agent cannot advise, have advised you to, to have lost weight. So you test better. He, he, his 40 was, was great, but no one cares about that because you're 166 pounds. There we go. Um, yeah, maybe oh, I guess we'll finish off the defense. Any any linebackers catch your eye? Let's go there. Go on, MJ. I've solved a lot. <laughs> Sorry, I keep flipping my page here because I'm I'm going back to offense, but you keep you keep bringing me back to defense. I thought we'll finish off um, defense, and we'll go offense. There is there is a okay. I, I I would say the the one linebacker who who stood out to me, who I think ha, ha, is now you know climbing up boards and and in in the conversation to be. In there as as you know one of the one of the best linebackers in the class is Jack Campbell. Yeah. Um, I think he had the second best uh, broad jump and the second best vertical. Um, and he came across as a better athlete than than we thought potentially. Um, I think he's he's a, a linebacker who's got a very good footballing IQ. He knows how to play the position, and he's a good all rounder. I think we've now seen that he's a good all-rounder, a safe pick, but then also a decent athlete. Um, and I think that will move him up some boards. So, yeah, it'd be Jack Campbell for me, who was the one who stood out. Yeah, 100%. There was one question mark on his scouting report, and that was, does he have the athleticism 
to stick with some guys and, and challenge the top of this class. Box ticked, answers yes. Absolutely one of the top guys in this class, absolutely no doubt that he's, as a, as, in this class, he's maybe got the best pure linebacker instincts that that he will have an extremely long career. We were, we just questioned his athleticism necessarily didn't show up on, on tape that much. Um, he's kind of, what well, he's a bit of a, a bigger linebacker, so we can kind of that change of direction can can catch him out. But when you test the way he does, then that is that's tick the box for teams. Then that's it. They'll say tick the box. We'll move on to the next guy. Jack Campbell's probably the shortest thing at this position uh, at linebacker in this in this draft. Good stuff. All right then, MJ, you've got your way. Let's move on to offense. There you go. <laughs> Flip the page. Here we go. Flip, flip the page. Where would you like to start, MJ? Um, receiver. 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 Because I I thought it was a real mixed bag. There, there are some people who've, who've helped their um, helped their position. I think the one that I was really kind of pleased to see out there was Jackson Smith and Jigba, who obviously uh, has missed the majority of the last season. So some question marks there. He came out. He he looked very very smooth um, when he was going through his his uh, his receiving drills. So I was really pleased to see him him out there. Um, I thought that some people were as you know as advertised. Um, Quinton, I thought Quinton Johnson was was funny because he he comes out. He he does what does he do? He did his vertical. Yeah. Um, and uh, did he do his broad? Did, did he do his broad as well? I think. And and yeah, and then he didn't do his forty um, because it, I, I I just felt like there were some guys who did their forty where they didn't quite hit the heights that perhaps we were expecting. You know, Jalen Height didn't go quite as fast as we as we thought. There were a couple of others. Um, Jordan Addison uh, didn't quite go as as and, and did you notice? I I think I I saw some things where after those events had taken place, they started to come out with. Oh well, he you know he he has had a bit of a strain, and you know he's been dealing with one or two issues coming into the combine. But I did think it was funny that Quentin Johnson just turns up, does the things that we know he's going to ace, and then just goes, "No, I I don't need to do the forty just just in case." Um, Jackson Smith at Jigba did that as well. He didn't do any testing; he just came yeah, to yeah. the field drills and yeah. looked the best player there. Yeah, he was just like, "Look, I can catch; it's fine." You know, yeah. I'm I'm still here; it's fine. And 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 it was a case of playing, you know, playing to their strengths. I think. Yeah. Um, in terms of people who um, who will have helped their stock, I thought uh, you know, friend of the show who was on with a uh, wine a couple of weeks ago, uh, Andre Yoshivas. I thought he came out. We expected him to do well. I think when you spoke to him in in the in the interview, you know, he was expecting to have a good combine. Yeah. Um, and I think he's he's done that, and he showed all of that track background, and probably got himself, you know, one would think probably in into the day two kind of uh, yeah, yeah. conversations I, I I would have thought um but yes I think it, for, for me there's there's kind of a group of receivers um and and they've they've sort of squashed up a little bit because they didn't really you know some of the guys I think did who did better than perhaps we thought that we, you know Marvin Mims did a 438 um so for me I'm, I'm now looking back at him going oh, actually he's, good. he's, he's, good. he's, he's you know, I hadn't I hadn't done as much work on him. Um, uh, Michael Wilson had some good 
good stats. He um, again, there have been some injury concerns around mm. Michael Wilson, and I think he he had a good uh, a good day as well. He's aced um, this pre-draft process. He was he was great at the senior ball as well. Good on him. Yeah, he, yeah, he's having a good he's having yeah. a good couple of months, isn't he? In in that kind of lead up, but. Yeah, in terms of a, I, I didn't have a particular winner from the receiver class. I, I thought it was, um, it, it was difficult to kind of. I don't think again, it was one of those things. I don't think we'd learn anything particularly new about most of those guys. Yeah. Um, and if anything, as I say, it was interesting to see what they didn't do as much as what they did. Yeah, I would say to sum up the the whole class in a way, they all came in shorter, lighter, and slower than everyone expected. Just overall, you know, uh, Jalen Hyatt, a lot slower than we thought, came in, we'll say, as we've said before, light. Um, Tyler Scott was a guy that we just thought would fly, that it was going to be between between him and Hyatt for that, that fastest 40 in the of the receivers. Again, came in in the 4-4s. It was just all a lot of 4-4s and low 4-5s that you kind of thought, surely not. A guy that, that stood out to me, um, and was kind of a loser from this process, I think, is, is Tank Dell, who was a guy that I really like. But when you measured in at five eight and one hundred and sixty five pounds, now you can get a bit, you can get away with being shorter and lighter in the NFL, but you have to be quick. And he came in at four point four nine in the forty. Now he needed that needed to be a, a three, not a four. That needed to be a four point three something. Um, now it. Really, when you add it up, does it does point one really matter all that much when you play well and you're that explosive? But when you're light, it's just what you have to do. You have to go out there and test well. You have to show that you can win with athleticism because you are not going to win with strength. Now, so I think he is going to he's going to fall down boards. Um, there's a lot of talk about Jordan Addison falling down boards because he ran a four point um four nine as well, nine. I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, four four nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And again, came in a lot lighter than we than we th- we knew he was going to be light, but again was lighter again. And another player who ran slower than we thought. Again, we all thought that would be a three. Again, doesn't matter so much for me. Um, the gap has closed slightly between him and um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I thought Jackson Smith and Jigba was far and away the best receiver during the during the drills. So it has kind of um, the gap has shortened a little bit. But I think when you're so good at route running, uh, this this it kind of the speed it obviously matters. But kind of your your change of direction, your sharpness in the in the route can kind of make up for 0.1 of a second of speed. Uh, for for one of a better way of thinking about it. So uh, I think Tankdale dropped a bit. Yeah, they, I don't think I'm lumping the running backs in with these. I don't think there was anything to write home about at all. The most underwhelming, I, I can't remember being underwhelmed so much by 40 times than this receiver class. Yeah, I, I, I do wonder, you know, when we do, when we do our top fives, it, it does feel like you could have a completely different section on, okay, who, what, who are your top five receivers who are about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and yeah. 70 pounds? Um, and, and just trying to find some that aren't that in order to like spice it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, and, and and looking at as you say onto running backs again, it was a similar thing. Um, I thought Bijan Robinson came out and, and did what he had to do. Um, I, I, I which was nothing, by the way. He didn't have to do anything nothing. at all. Just fair play to him. That's true. Just turn up and wave. <laughs> I'm here. You've got to walk. Yeah. 
Um, but coming in just behind him, you know, Jameer Gibbs came in with a 4-3-6 um, in his 40. I think that would have helped him. I think it, it's made me have a think about uh, running backs because some guys went a bit slower than I thought. Um, and some other guys came up and went a bit um, went a bit faster and, and tested a bit better. I think um, it was, it, I know we've moved on from defence, but it was a good combine for the Brown brothers, wasn't it? For um, Chase Brown running back out of Illinois and then his brother, Sidney, who's, who's, a, who's a safety. And I, I, you know, I think I'll probably go, go back and have a little look at Chase Brown and just, just um, check the, check what I think about him. Um, I, yeah, th- there wasn't an awful lot at running back. Um, you know, De- Devon A-Chain managed 4-3-2. It wasn't a 4-2-something, which was, again, one of one of those things that was whispered about. Um, but, yeah, I, I, there wasn't a particularly outstanding performance that I saw at running back that I, that um, if, if anything, there were there were some who were, who were a bit more disappointing. Than, um, How I have think we got to the point of... NFL draft analysis where someone runs a 4.32 40 <laughs> and we go slow. Yeah, it wasn't quite, wasn't quite slow that. I think though, don't you think because of the way that the, the defensive uh, line attacked it on, the, yeah. on that night and then the running backs and the wide receivers was that the night after and I'm trying to remember now whether that was Friday night and you kind of sat there and you're yeah, like, it was right, the, okay. the defense, it was the, yeah, the d- defense, it was, the defence went first and then, so we had yeah. the quarterbacks on the Saturday. Yeah, and, and you, you, you sat there and you're like, right, come on then, let's, let's, let's put on a show. Um, yeah. And it, it just didn't really, it didn't really happen for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was just going to mention the, the one guy who did go, who I like, who went slower than I thought was Tank Bigsby. Um, mm-hmm. he, he came in at 4.56, uh, which, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a big running back. But again, I think he would have hoped to have gone a bit faster than that. Yeah, um, I think um, at running back, you just got to you just got to show you're fast enough. Just, just, it doesn't it's not a position that kind of if you're four three or you're four dead on four five, it's not going to make that much difference because there's so much nuance to the position. Can we lump tight ends in with uh, with receivers? Yeah. Um, because um, Darnell Washington had potentially the play of the whole combine with a one-handed <laughs> catch right on the uh, on the sideline which absolutely insane catch measured in at six foot seven 262 pounds 34 and three eighths arm 11 inch hands 4.6440 we said in the preview that he just had to show that he was fast enough and he had to run a bit quicker than we did than we thought and um he completely did that so darnell washington uh just an absolute alien freak of a player very rarely do you see people and prospects like Darnell Washington made up the same way as Darnell Washington that someone's going to take him highly just because we don't know when the next time we're going to see a player look like this again is yeah he he, he was the standout wasn't he from the tight end class he, he definitely was um there was also I think Sam Laporta uh, tested better than than perhaps expected I think with just going back to Darnell Washington, the that it seems to be that movable feast, doesn't it, as to who's tight end one when you see mock drafts come out and there are a number of names get get mentioned, Dalton Kincaid and um and Luke Musgrave's been up there and and and, and now it feels as though that combine has helped Darnell Washington to in in 
perhaps in some teams' minds, perhaps he is tight end one for some. You've still got Michael Mayer, who we've talked about before, where it seems like, it, you know, is it is it fatigue with Michael Mayer that we've just got to talk about somebody else? Um, and he did, he did okay, but obviously, in comparison to Darnell Washington, Washington was the one everybody was talking about after the combine. Very good. Very well. We're, 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 almost, <laughs> almost. Uh, I think that's bad. You should have seen my uh, bad intros. Um, we've just got the offensive line. It's the same skews, Mister Miss, because he love this. But yeah, offensive line guys. Again, these, these guys can move. But um, yeah, who who stood out for you at the combine? Where should where where should we start? Um, so I think offensive line, I think. Often, <laughs> I, I think the um, we we now have the measurement, don't we, on on Skaronsky's, uh arm lengths. So we know we know what that came in at now, um, which was what was it, 32, 32 and a quarter. So teams will now have that decision to make over whether or not they think that is an issue. Um, you know, and in, in comparison to somebody like uh, Paris Johnson, who came in at 36 and a half, and you will have some teams that want to go with a guy who's got 36 and a half, uh, a half inch arms. Um, so I, I think that will be interesting to see what happens with Skaronsky now on, on boards. Um, it doesn't detract from the great player that, that he is, but it will, will now be a factor. I think Broderick Jones is testing. Has, has again helped his stock and cemented him as one of the one of the top offensive linemen. I, I think the one I just wanted to mention um, was Andrew Voorhees. Was was how on earth after that injury he he then came back and uh, and benched thirty eight reps after, after the incredible. injury. Was it? I can't remember. Was it an AC? Was it ACL? Was yeah. It? So he's torn his ACL during the field drills, and then he comes back the next day. On crutches, and bench reps, 30, thirty-eight reps, which is four more than anyone else. The day after he's he on his ACL, he deserves to get drafted high just just based on that. I mean, that is that's character for you, isn't it? That I is, think teams that will love that. I mean, teams will absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, anybody else I wine for you that that came that's to their offensive line? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it was a position group where. Sorry, I was um, extensively changing much. Um, Blake Freeland um, was very athletic. Uh, uh, That wasn't a surprise, though. His problem is that he plays far too, far too high and very inconsistent in his technique. So I've not changed his position in rankings very much, but it's good to see he can do what he what his kind of forte is. Uh, Braden Daniels, who is a tackle from Utah, uh, will be shifting into the interior at the next level, no doubt. I thought he looked very good. Um, again, just vindication, I guess, where people have him ranked. I think you might see him kind of in top 100 um, boards now. I think he might be a top one, 100 pick. Um, and I guess Darnell Wright seems to be the biggest riser from, uh, from, from the whole group. Uh, I'm not sure we saw anything from Darnell Wright that we didn't already know. He's an extremely smooth mover. Will almost exclusively play in right tackle, um, but he's he's kind of in that next tier for me. You're going to have the the top tier of three guys of Paris Johnson, who looked insane by the way. He was great. He didn't run a forty, but in field drills, he just looked so sharp and and so smooth. You're going to have Paris Johnson, Peter Skronsky, and Broderick Jones, and then I think your next guy is probably 
Darnell Wright, and then we'll see that the, the kind of that fifth one is going to be up for grabs when it comes to people's top five rankings. It's going to be really interesting. Um, but kind of uh, he he seems to have jumped up in terms of he might be challenging that top tier for some people. Yeah, yeah, the chatter on Darnell Wright just seems to be growing, doesn't it? He's one of those guys where, <clears throat> and there's a few of them at a few positions, but. Uh, since January, the, it's it's like that kind of snowball effect, isn't it? The, the the chatter just starts, and then he has a you know he, he has a good combine, and then it keeps going, um, and then he's he's in people's top fifties and getting mocked in somewhere in the teens, um, and it just feels as though his momentum is 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 growing for him, and he probably solidified that that spot as you say that that he'll go um, day one. Um, I wonder what our, what our O-line aficionado Stu would have, would have thought whether he uh, whether there's anybody he likes he'll have to he'll have to just post it in the comments when he from Spain. <laughs> I just wanted to mention one guy who is a guy I hadn't watched and this is what where the combine can be useful. You'd be like, hang on a minute, I've not I've not watched him. Like that's let's go and check the tape because I like what I see. Uh, and that was Sidi uh, Sal, who's a guard from Eastern Michigan. Um, I can't say I'd, a player that I'd heard of, but he's a guy that, that instantly goes on the list going, I need to check this guy out because I think he'll, he'll be one of those kind of later round guys, or probably, you know, right back end of the draft. But a player that, that has some really good versatility that, that I'm really interested to check the tape out on him. And uh, John Gaines from UCLA uh, had a really good athletic profile. So again, a guy who's probably going to jump up some boards just because of the athletic profile that he put on. Uh, at, at the combine, but again, just a, an interior guy to speak about. Yeah, with, with Sarah, he's a good example of somebody who has used the combine to great effect, hasn't he? Because he won't, as you say, he won't have um, he won't have been high on people's boards coming into this, but he's he's gone there, and he's in that category of somebody who goes right, okay, I'll do everything, I'll do, I'll do, you know, I'll I'll, I'll do as much as I can, I'll, I'll give I'll give teams as much data as possible, I'll try and show off as much athleticism as I can. Um, in the hope that yeah that that I will get drafted and that I will start to go higher up people's boards. So so good on him for that. He's he's used it to really good effect. Indeed. Did anybody um, disappoint you a little? Anyone I mentioned a few, but then on any thoughts, they've done themselves a bit of harm there. One guy that um, I literally just got one guy to to mention um, that we because we kind of covered quite the few that I that, that I wanted to uh, was a guy we brushed over when we were speaking about defensive backs and that's Clark Phillips the third from Utah who uh, measured in at five nine and one hundred and eighty four pounds it's a lot shorter than we maybe we knew he was going to be short uh, but a guy who's been able to play outside and at five nine probably isn't going to be able to so now a guy that has gone from being a, a top 40 player for a lot of people who now almost you take the versatility away and can only play slot and is going to drop down to maybe like that 60, 70 range where you've gone from a guy who was a second round to a third round because just because of how short he was. Um, so he's a player that I think a lot of people have been high on that, that is going to fall. So that's a, a name to watch out for on, on day two of the draft. Yeah, I, I think I'd just go back on, we, we mentioned him slightly uh, during the receivers there but Jordan Addison I, I think that would that was as you as we we kind of touched on that's brought him back definitely into that conversation around you know he's not definitely wide receiver one you you've got Quentin Johnson you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba 
and I, I think Addison would have hoped that he might have been able to cement himself as um, as probably the first guy who's not Quinton Johnson because he he's the you know the first guy who is um, there it is he's he's in that five eleven hundred and seventy kind of pound range um, so I think he'll be disappointed but again this is only one part of the process you go back and you look at the tape and you look at the production um and then we'll just we'll see where we are with him and we'll see what what uh, what happens with him on on boards and not drafts from this point on so a player just popped into my head then that we haven't discussed i'm trying to get the numbers on furiously which i can't seem to go because his numbers were so low is is brian branch the safety from alabama who i think a lot of people were looking at we mentioned him potentially going to the falcons at eight just a, what, a couple of, of episodes ago um has a pretty horrendous testing session. You have to say that you would have liked him to have been a lot, lot more shiftier and, and faster than, than he was. Um, so, I mean, he's still going to be a top 10 player for me, but because he's more instinctual than he is fast. Uh, but a player that I think you, you've gone maybe from seeing mocked in the top 10 to someone who's mocked back end instead, you know, a top 10 player to... Uh, to what maybe a, a player in the in the twenties instead, um, tested with the corners as well, which uh, instead of the safeties, which maybe maybe didn't help because we had a lot of fast corners and the safety group. I think in general really really underperformed. I was really disappointed by a lot of the safeties. There was a lot of slow times. Brian Branch weighed in one hundred ninety six foot. Um, just wasn't a lot. No, four point five eight second forty. That's quite. That's quite on the, you know, right on the cusp. Normally we go 4.6 or over for a safety. Um, it's bordering on, bordering on untouchable. So it's really, you know, if you test at 4.6 four, or above, there's not a really good track record of you panning out in the league. So it's good that he was under that, but it's not exactly uh, convincing, shall we say. Um, and his vertical and his board weren't, were okay, but they weren't great. But I think the 40 was extremely underwhelming. But as a player that I wouldn't write off because I think say, he's more instinctual, plays on awareness, insane tackler. Um, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be dropping him too much. But he's a player that you're going to see, you are 100% going to see drop in your, in your mock drafts. Yeah, it, it's just on that, you know, that, just on that point. It's, it's the, this broader issue of where the teams go. Do they go for technicians? High footballing IQ, you can see it see it on the tape as opposed to athletes. Um, and at the moment, because we've literally just come out of combine, we're talking more about the athletes because of those some of those yeah. insane testing numbers. Um, so for me, that that's the question mark, and I imagine that's the question mark we'll be we'll be talking through when we start doing our top fives of you know athleticism versus instinct, technique, um, those sorts of points. Absolutely. What, what a segue there as well, MJ. I was just about to mention. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> oh, really, you, tell you, you tell we're doing this a few years now. Um, but yeah, next week will be the start of our top five, running through our, well, as you might have guessed, top five in each position. Um, we'll have some, some friendly, some not so friendly discussions. We'll uh, talk about everything, like you say, athleticism, tape, potential. We'll put it all in there. You'll know everything you need to know about the top five, but probably about six or seven or eight we usually end up with, don't we? Um, every single position. But I think we've uh, we've combined all our knowledge from this week pretty well. So we'll wrap up now. And yep, next week, 
top fives. I'm really excited. I know everybody is. Do check that out. In the meantime, you know where to go. Go on the website, 99yards.com. Loads of scouting reports. So much information. Everything you need for the NFL draft. We'll be back next week. Thank you very much for listening.